0: Assurance of Pardon is sponsored by Logos Bible Software, the most advanced Bible study tool for both ministers and laypeople. Available on iOS and Android for phones and tablets, as well as on your Windows or Mac computer or laptop. Get the most of your time in the Scriptures with Logos Bible Software. For more information and 15% off your next Logos package plus five free eBooks, visit AssuranceofPardon.com/Logos. Now on with the show. Welcome to Assurance of Pardon, a podcast about the gospel, the Bible, the church, what it all means, and why it all matters. I'm Scott Davis, pastor of Hope Presbyterian Church in Hot Springs, Arkansas.
1: And I'm Gage Jordan, lead pastor of First Presbyterian Dyersburg in Dyersburg, Tennessee. Gage, good to be
0: back with our listeners uh, on this episode after a little bit of a break. And uh, before we get into our topic, we have a special topic tonight that I think will be a fun one. Before we jump into that, uh, our sponsor is Logos Bible Software, which just has a new uh, big release of a new version, version 10 out, which I, uh, uh, they uh, have sent us a copy to preview and really, really enjoying it. Um, I've enjoyed the way that, that it's a faster software. It it really does. They've really sped it up. And uh, it has all the old features and a whole lot of new ones. But there's one particular one that you've been enjoying. Tell us about that.
1: Yeah. So, um R- Really, not only just the features, the organization is great. Now that the way they've kind of reorganized everything, that's uh, a lot more visually pleasing. But one thing that I was actually researching this week is uh these sermon kits. So so there's a number of different ways that this can happen. Um there's a sermon builder feature that they've had that they just kind of enhanced uh with Logos 10 that helps you like as you're building a sermon, okay, you're gonna preach. You know, John 316, for example, um, you can actually uh in the sermon builder feature, uh, you can organize your resources, uh, organize your guides, your exegesis, your passage study, whichever it's gonna collect all of those resources and organize those together around the passage that you're already preaching to help help kind of expedite uh your research process. And then the the thought pro- process behind that is, you know, if you're having to do this with manual books, um, most pastors you know we read for hours and hours each week um and and sometimes it, it, if you're like me i always feel like i i didn't get all of what i wanted to get done before it's time to get up and and talk on sunday morning um, and so this is an attempt to help kind of expedite that research process. Let, here, let us find the page numbers you're looking for. Let's let's get get down to the, the process. Let's help expedite this for you so that you can grab the information you're trying to grab, maybe even uh, condense the time that you're trying to do it so that you can get to other things like all the other things that happen in a week, hospital visits, discipleship groups, Bible studies, visitations. Funerals, all of the other things that start to kind of jump in and, and cloud your week. Um, all good things, but also things that if you're you know you got to preach on Sunday, start to build the anxiety as you you I know and I internally feel like I also I'm never quite where I want to be at prep wise on Sunday. So the sermon builder is built for that, and then they actually have kits around books of the Bible Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Psalms, whichever, which is really great. If you're preaching through a book of the Bible, you can actually pull the whole sermon kit and it's got a collection of resources, um, commentaries, original language uh, finds, all all those things uh, to help really um, give the preacher as much um, benefit as possible. Um, to accomplish as, as much as you can in, in terms of sermon prep in a given week.
0: Uh, Logos version 10 is really, really great. And we could go on and on about all the great features, but if any of our listeners are interested in checking out uh, Logos version 10, go to assuranceofpardon.com slash Logos for some special resources and discounts, uh, especially for our listeners. Gage, we have a fun topic that I think is sort of a fun uh, topic and maybe thought experiment, that um maybe we could file under our old from a few seasons ago unhelpful christianese phrases or sure. uh, that we could talk about, and it's this view that denominations are a bad thing i mm-hmm. was I was uh, talking to a gentleman uh, a few weeks ago uh who's you said a church that was a Methodist church, as we, as many of our listeners know, if you follow theology, a number of Methodist churches have been pulling out of the United Methodist Church. Um, as as the United Methodist Church has has grown increasingly more progressive. And finally uh, a number of churches have have pulled out. Um I guess I don't know how many, how many nationwide hundreds Uh, And so I'm talking to this gentleman about it because I knew that his church had voted to leave the denomination. And so I said, is your church going to be going into the global Methodist church, which is the new sort of holding tank for these split off churches. And he said, no, we're going to be non-denominational. I said, Oh, okay. Well, that's interesting. He said, and he said, yeah, you know, denominations are really a bad thing. They're really what's wrong with Christianity. And I'm, As I'm standing there as a Presbyterian minister, I'm just like, yeah,
1: that's, that's what's wrong with Christianity. Trying
0: to think, I know, right. Trying to think of a response. I said, I know, but I just can't get everybody to be Presbyterian. And when we can, all of our problems in Christendom will be solved. But until then, here we are. And so, that is the question, is our denominations a bad thing that we should be uh, ashamed of in Christianity? Is are, are Christians who have, who find themselves in a church that's a part of a denomination, are they some sort of lesser status than Christians in non-denominational, church, non-denominational churches? Um tell me some ways that you've heard that tell and tell us a little bit about maybe your track record of how you ended up in the PCA
1: yeah absolutely so and and that's not his his perspective there is actually pretty common we've had um in our our community here in Dyersburg there are a there are several methodist churches and all of them but one is actually leaving um, and some of them are, are going into the global uh Methodist network, which is the more conservative side that's that's splitting and, and leaving. Um, but many are absolutely taking the route of non-denom. Let me give you an example. I got to preach um a couple of weeks ago at a Methodist church. It's the first time ever. And uh they are leaving the the UMC, the United Methodist Church. And so on their church sign, I kid you not, Scott, this is like a, a, a smaller church in rural, rural um, Tennessee. West Tennessee, yeah, West Tennessee, Tatumville is the name of the, the town. Um, and on their sign, they used to be Center United Methodist Church, right? But they are leaving the UNC, so it literally says, Center, And then there's just like, it looks like it'd been whited out <laughs> in church. But the funny part about that is it was off center. So it was like left, left of center church. Um And so that we're, we're experiencing that all over the, the country right now with, with what, what the, the Methodists are, are experiencing and going through in this, this global split. But that is, it sounds like, you know, um I just follow Jesus. I don't. I don't follow a denomination. Uh, or you'll hear people confuse ne- uh, denominations with religions, mm-hmm. right? What religion are you? Are you Baptist? Are you Methodist? Are you Catholic? Are you Presbyterian? You know, I don't really get into religion. I'm. I'm spiritual, right? We've talked about that before right. in an right. episode. Um, and that's kind of the 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 thought process. And I personally have been a part of counting the PCA now four different denominations in my lifetime i grew up, grew up southern baptist so we were part of the southern baptist convention um so we did lottie moon i learned about the cooperative program i went to sure uh ra camp growing up uh which was the thing we did before awanas became i was actually awanas was i was in high school by the time awanas became a, th- a thing but um, you know, I remember very vividly doing all, you know, VBS and and all of those things growing up. But even in that, each Southern Baptist church, as a part of the convention, are autonomous to one another, right? Meaning right. What, what First Baptist West Memphis does um, will be different than Trinity Baptist or different than Harmony Baptist or different than Second Baptist in Conway, Arkansas or whatever, right? Um, so they're a part of a convention, but they're uh, a convention of autonomous churches. Then I went to college in Central Arkansas. And I went to Central Baptist College, and they are part of the Baptist Missionary Association. And they are a smaller denomination in the Baptist faith, and they practice several different things that are that are that are different than um, the the Southern, Southern Baptist. Baptist. But but they would be more even streamlined as a smaller denomination, right? They're all going to the same conference for youth conferences. They're all going to the same camp. They're doing the same uh, Sunday school curriculum. They're a little more streamlined, but still autonomous in in many different ways. Um, And then... Uh, right after college, right at the end of college, I was a part of a house church movement for about six years, and we were non denominational and I think at some levels, we were raging against the machine of evangelicalism, you know by being non right. non denominational in the way that we approached things and There were a lot of things that were were cool about that. I was able to explore aspects of my faith that I felt like when I was a Baptist that I, I would have been labeled crazy or a heretic for even asking questions right mm-hmm. um spiritual gifts or eschatology or ways we did worship or 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 those sorts of things and there were some freedoms involved i think we were, were great to as i was learning and growing in my 20s um but then there came time where we had built this church we had planted this church with um baptistic ideas uh, as we're reading more reform guys, and it came time for us to start thinking, we were thinking through as even an elder team. Um, okay, if this church outlasts us, if we go, if we go see Jesus, and this church is still around, what happens to the next generation behind us? How do they? How do they know what we believe? How do they know? Um, how we, our philosophy of ministry, how do we know our structure? I got to thinking about historically what that's looked like. I think about the guy that came behind John Bunyan, the guys that followed Calvin, the guys that, the the guy that came behind Charles Spurgeon. And, and I I learned, you know, that guess what? I got to have a doctrinal statement. I've got to actually have some some bylaws and some things written down. I've got to have some structure to explain what we're doing. And that's where we kind of, I think, began the process of entering into, into exploring even Presbyterianism or or the the, the classic portions of, of the church history and and faith. Because when we got ready to try to write our own doctrinal statement, it was like, okay, where do you even start? Right, you know, and, and 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 it was actually really encouraging to not have to reinvent the wheel.
0: Yeah, so so what what the pushback I think that maybe our our friends would say is denominations are not in the Bible. Denominations are not biblical. <clears throat> to which I would answer, um, f- fair enough, but churches are in the Bible, and what right. we see in the Bible is that we see the churches are connected to one another. Uh, as Presbyterians, one of the places we go is Acts chapter fifteen, where you have the elders of many churches coming together to Jerusalem. This is the famous Jerusalem council, the elders Mm -hmm. from many churches coming together to talk about circumcision. What's that look like? And, and, and coming up with a, a doctrinal understanding. We see, we see the presbyters. That is the Greek word for elders from all these churches meeting in Jerusalem to talk through this and then reporting back to their churches. So there's a, a connectionalism between these churches with a shared doctrine. So is that a denomination? Well, it's a group of churches that, that are believing and teaching the same thing with a uniformity of doctrine. It is right. that. Um, what else do we see? We see churches um, we see churches planting other churches we see mm-hmm. churches supporting one another we see Paul talking about help this church here saying to this church help this church here and so we see churches planting one another supporting one another and having shared doctrine well what is that well that's a denomination that's a that's group right. of people and so denominations are not are not bad and they also another thing they do is they allow us to actually um, peaceably coexist with fellow Christians with whom we have some differences, sure. so um, we can say all day, I just follow the Bible. And by the way, we should say that I follow the yes, Bible.
1: Absolutely. Yep. But
0: but we're not all in agreement about what the what the Bible plainly teaches. Um, how is our church going to be governed? Are we going to be congregational and, and a, you know, a pure democracy? Are we going to be an Episcopalian, that is an episcopus, an overseer, uh, like an Episcopal church or a Methodist church or Catholicism? Or are we going to be Presbyterian, that is elder rule? Those are three different types of church government. And, and the proponents of each of those types of church government, if we had them on the show they would make a biblical case for us. That's right. For those views. Yeah. Um, And we're going to, Hey, one of the things churches do is we, is uh, we preach the gospel and we administer the sacraments. Well, are they sacraments or are they just ordinances? That's right. And if they are sacraments, how many of them are there? And how often do we participate in them? And if we baptize who gets baptized Mm -hmm. believers only or believers in their household. That's right. Again, people that disagree with us on household baptism, they're They're still Christians,
1: but we disagree, and we probably aren't going to be happy in the same church well, and the thing that used to crack me up, especially when I first became Presbyterian, is that was a big deal um being uh, growing up Baptist, being at a Baptist college. I remember as I was studying reform guys um they I would start using the term sacrament just because I had read it enough and understood mm-hmm. the inter interchangeable nature of it, of the term with ordinance. But then I would get like corrected in my classes. Yeah. Oh, you kid, brother. Right. No, they're, or- they're ordinances, brother. Remember you're not Catholic. Right. Right. And then, and then the first time I ever read the shorter catechism and it asked the question, what's a sacrament. It says a sacrament is an ordinance given by God. And I went, okay, well, which yeah. which what is I guess it's both I'm thoroughly confused yeah yes yeah, that's right, that's uh, right. Yeah, but but even in that the creeds and the councils indicate that this sort of structure was in place right you hear you have stories of um of the the fathers the presbyters coming together to Nicaea from all over the known world at that time mm, twenty five um, yeah. To, to unite under this this idea and the, the, these and these things that they were debating in and, and there's actually not one council of Nicaea there's several there were several councils um over over the time span to arrive at where they arrived, but the creeds seem to indicate um that okay, even if we have these these secondary issues baptism church government, communion that we're gonna disagree over. These are the uniform ideas of what we can call orthodoxy. I mean, think about the way in which the Athanasian Creed is structured. This is ca- this is what the Catholic Church believes, right? And, th- and in that sense, he doesn't mean Rome. He means right. universal. The universal belief. This is Catholicity. And if you're not this, you're a heretic. <laughs> it's essentially kind mm-hmm. of the way the way he phrases it, right? right. Or uh, the way in which the Nicene Creed the, and the Apostles' Creed is structured. We believe we, who the universal church, right? It was a United statement around saying, okay, even if we disagree on these secondary ideas, these things are true. And then you even see in the reformation, they're going to disagree, right? Like, um, you know, even in our reformed world, you've got some brothers um, that are three forms of unity guys, right? They're their Belgic confession and the Heidelberg and Westminster, where we're just we just hold to the Westminster Confession of Faith. We we like the other ones, the Belgic and, and others, um, the Second Helvetic. Um, but we, as far as like the thing that we give vows to as Presbyterians in the PCA is the Westminster, right? So you even have disagreements among our camps of um, uh, uh, how how these things are structured. But even in the Reformation, you saw that they understood the reformers understood this movement that they were moving towards, right? They signed each other's confessions. They 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 disagreed greatly, right? Zwingli disagreed with Luther. That's documented. Um Calvin disagreed with, with Luther at some levels, right? Calvin disagreed with Zwingli, but they also understood the greater goal uh, of unity. Uh, so just because you're in a denomination doesn't mean that there you they can't have some level of unity, but the distinctives do matter.
0: Yeah, and just to just to 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 come alongside and and I think you misspoke, the three forms of unity are the Heidelberg catechism, the Belgic confession and the canons of Dort. That,
1: that's uh, right. West, that's Westminster
0: right. Westminster is, is not with, is not under that heading of the three forms of, of unity. Um, but yeah, the, the truth is that as we, as we, as a church go about doing the work that the church is to do, we're going to regularly run up into um, important questions. That, sure. That well-meaning smart Christians Have disagreed on how much water do we use when we baptize? Do we use do we use grape juice or wine? Do we Mm -hmm. do uh, a common cup? Do we do intinction, the chips and salsa
1: style of the Lord's Supper? Chips and salsa. Um, We're getting we're getting an email for that one.
0: Go ahead. Do we do do we do intinction? By the way, don't do intinction, but that's another issue. Yeah, please don't. Do we do common cup? Um, How how are we going to do that? right? There, there are, there are people that make arguments in all of those areas. Um, What, what is, what does, um, how are we governed as we talked about elder versus congregational versus, versus um, Episcopal, but who can be an elder men and women or, or men only? Um, Again, these are the things that are going to dictate where I'm going to be able to be sort of happy as a, as a Christian, we're, When we say denominations are good, we're not saying they're all equally right by no means. We think that these brothers over here in this denomination,
1: we think they're wrong. And if we didn't, we'd be over there with them. That's right. We we spent some time in San Diego with dear brothers that Mm -hmm. are of all shapes and sizes and tribes of Lutheranism. And we disagree over some major things with them. We do, you know, uh, the the way they look at the books, the Bible, the way they look at communion, the way they process baptism, why even the order in which they do their liturgy, they think it has to be this way in certain instances, uh, and we we think there's some freedom, but we don't think they're heretics.
0: Right, that's right. Now, here's here's the here's my question uh, or or thing I want to sort of unpack um, as we as we close this out. One of the reasons that if you Say to some pastors from other denominations, "Hey, let's get together and talk about what divides us." They it gets really awkward really quick. Like they don't want to do that. You you may as well have said, "Let's talk about race and politics," <laughs> right? Let's 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 that's let's right. Pick a let's pick a really hot button thing and talk about it so that we all feel really awkward and cringy. That's right. That's Why right. is it? that we actually think that we we need to in order to in order to to telegraph to my friends that I'm a really super spiritual person, why is it that I need to pretend as though I I hate the existence of denominations? Why do we why why are we a little bit a little bit maybe low-key ashamed of the fact that we're part of a denomination? Uh, and I think uh, part of it stems from the fact that our 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 parents and grandparents were often not gracious to Christians in other denominations, right? Many That's of true. us have a story. Um, I grew right. up my, my my whole my mom's family, my dad's family, uh, all Methodist, going way back. Mm-hmm. Um, my 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 grandmother, God rest her soul, um, lifelong Methodist. If you said the word Baptist in front of her immediately, like a Rolodex, the very first thing that she would say is that the Baptist burned down the skating rink when she was in high school. Like, that's, oh, the Baptists, yeah, they burned down the skating rink in the town I grew up in because they didn't like the, they were playing. (laughs) You know, <laughs> skating, they, was, they, skating was too close to dancing, brother. They, did, they didn't like it. We were playing, you know, Tommy Dorsey uh, and, and, and holding hands and skating. Um, mm-hmm. You know, now listen, that was that was her one thing that she remembers right. is that, is yep. that the Baptist burned down the skating. Rink. Now, you know, sp- sport, I've talked to some Baptists from that town and sa- and joked with them. said, hey, my uh, my grandmother thinks that the Baptist burned down the skating rink here in the 19 in the 1930s. And, you know, some of those Baptist friends goes, that sounds about right. They probably did. Right? Oh, gosh. <laughs> like, that,
1: oh, no. sounds,
0: that sounds on brand for the 1930s. That's right. So, um, so there's no love, right? Uh, I, I yeah. remember being, I remember having my next door neighbor kids, you were, uh, hold on, my, uh, the, the, the missionary Baptist kids that my sister and I would play with that live next door. One time we're playing in the backyard and we played over there. They played at our house. We played at their house. One time we are playing and the kids said, yeah, my mom and dad said, y'all are going to hell because you're not missionary Baptist, right?
1: Oh, my goodness gracious.
0: That's the backstory that kind of some of us have. And so instead of just saying, hey, that was bad, we ought not do that. We've instead let the pendulum swing the other way and just get said that happened because denominations are bad. Which is not the right way to yes. understand
1: it. Go ahead. So it goes goes into a couple of things. It goes into the episode we we did from a couple um, episodes back. That just because someone does something poorly doesn't make the thing bad, yeah. right? Um, here's the other thing you should that they, we should hear in that story about your grandmother. Um, church hurt is not new. Mm-hmm. right like we unfortunately our brothers and sisters that are uh deconstructing right um many of them are acting as if they're the only ones that have ever experienced church hurt and therefore they need to be done with organized religion right um uh and and be done with any sort of denomination any sort of structure any sort of thing and then Um, you know, they turn into the Doobie brothers, um, Jesus is just all right with me. Um, or, uh, they, they, you know, me and Jesus, we got our own thing going. Right. Um, and, and so that you have that level, but, but that went all the way back to the, to the thirties, right. That means that that some level of church hurt because they're sinners gathering together has always been taking place. Um, so that doesn't mean we throw the baby out with the bathwater. That just maybe means you don't gather with that particular group of people and you find a different group of people to gather with. Um, but you're right. Cause I see it in my own community, especially in, in rural context where there's this constant push and desire because we're in a small town to try to do ecumenical things because otherwise it feels like we're competing against each other uh, like a shopping mall, um, when it comes to trying to gather students or, or gather people or whatever. Right. And so you want to do, let's do this rally or let's do this conference or let's do this revival or whatever we want to call it. Um, but in order to make that happen, we have to all lay down our distinctives and the things that, that make us us and the things that we believe in because, uh, and I've, I've heard it said this way because brother, you know, that theology divides, um, and that's and that's how that's perpetuated. But the, the problem with that is if you're saying something about God, you're saying something theological. That's right. Um so you want to make sure that you're actually accurate, otherwise you're you're blaspheming. Um and so um with with that then you you start to see that happen and then it turns into we're yay we're we're non-denominational. But but what I've yeah. I've actually seen and we've seen it in, even in, in our, our town. Um oftentimes the non-denominational church is really just like two or three different denominational belief groups, maybe some charismatics, maybe some Baptist leading brothers, maybe some, you know, reform leading brothers. And eventually, you know, it's going to happen. They're going to (laughs) split. They're they're going to plant a charismatic church and a reform church and a Baptist church or whatever, whatever flavor of denomination you're dealing with. Because why? Because the distinctives actually do matter.
0: That's right. That's right. I mean, because the truth is, um, if we get together and try to do something—a a youth conference or a, a, a citywide revival—we actually can't lay down all of our distinctives. What we'll end up doing is just pre- preferencing one particular church's distinctive. We'll, we will pick absolutely, one. Um, absolutely, and and so it's impossible for us to. It's impossible for us to to just be thoroughly and completely generic and how we say everything. It, 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 you, you end up, you end up, you're the Rotary club. You don't have any, <laughs> I mean, you, 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 you know, you're That's not right. saying anything. I, I, we had a, I, I'm part of a minister's group in, in our town. And a few years ago, I've probably told this story on the podcast before a few years ago, they said, Hey everybody, we're having a, um, we're having a big Christian rally day at magic Springs, which is a theme park in our town. And it's going to be huge. And we're going to invite all the churches to participate. And we're going to have uh, an evangelist who's going to, we're going to rapper. And we've got an evangelist and he's going to preach um, a a message there on the stage. And we're going to have an altar call. And what we want all of you pastors to do uh, after the altar call is we want all of you to be on standby to baptize everybody in the wave pool. (laughs) <laughs> after the altar call and you were and, like nope and, and then and then afterwards after they've walked the aisle and been baptized afterwards then we'll try and see if we can get them plugged into churches and i was like <laughs> had to raise my hand I was like i i can't i can't do that i can't i can't baptize people into no church I don't, that's right i don't baptize people into the Invisible church, I baptized them into the visible church, into right. an actual an actual expression of a local congregation. And there's not a there's not a cat and, and and again, I'm not what are they doing? We what they've done there is they've said, because we don't want to have any distinctives, let's just pick the restoration movement church of Christ view of baptism, and That's that'll right. be the standard and everybody right. else just kind of holds your tongue. And it's, it's, it just makes no sense at all. And, and so uh this is why denominations matter. And it's why they exist because you can't, you can't just pick a, a generic
1: scaled down model of the church. It just, it doesn't, it doesn't work for, you know, for our entertainment, um, if, if for any of our listeners that are on TikTok, uh, you should check out a guy, um, the the name Conversations with a Calvinist, or it's actually it's, it's Conversations W A Calvinist, and he and then all his videos are like this, right? Like where he's pretending to be a Pentecostal and a Baptist and a Lutheran and a Presbyterian. I think he's Presbyterian. Um, and, he, and he's he's talking about how these conversations if people were on, honest about their positions, how these conversations would actually go and how they would actually end because he's taken it to its logical conclusion uh, you, but you're dead right like it's it's not that we're laying everything down it's that we which which thing are we going to emphasize uh, and, and, and at what level uh, and, and I'll say this as we we bring this to to a close um kind of a an encouragement. And, a, and an admonition, if we can, here. Um, having been the guy who you know left the denomination, and I wasn't going back, and I was we we're going to do our thing because you know who we needs the nomination? Never
0: ever ever get that's back right, together. that's
1: right. The great philosopher the Taylor Swift sing on here. Um, so because of that, um there is a temptation if this is where you are there's a temptation and maybe you don't realize you're doing this because i think even the brothers and sisters that are are trying to have you know hey we're going to baptize we're going to share the gospel and see people get baptized in the wave pool or whatever and uh, their intent is they want to see people come come to meet jesus i think and i think that's a, a great thing but the the problem is oftentimes when you take the position of what, like your, your friend did at the beginning of the the episode, um, what's wrong with Christianity is the denominations. Be careful with that because what you're doing is you're, you're taking this position that I, this individual have gotten it figured out for the 2000 plus years of church history. Um, Everybody else got it wrong. Um, they don't really know what they're talking about. That's the reason that they haven't evolved to the enlightened position of Christianity that I have um, and therefore um I now have discovered what true Christianity is. Um, be careful with that amen um because if you you look throughout church history, we have always been having these conversations and we there have always been stakes in the ground at at certain areas for certain reasons right it it wasn't it's it's easy to think we had jesus we had the disciples, and then we had the Roman Catholic Church until the reformation that's not not at all what happened go back and and see that there used to be seven c's uh of of churches not s e a but s e uh, e c's right of uh, of of churches that eventually got involved in politics and that's how we ended up with the Roman Catholic church. And then it was the reform even in the reformation, you see the various tribes and camps and distinctions amidst a movement that, that brings the Protestant faith together. We've been having these conversations for 2000 plus years, brother, maybe, maybe, or sister, maybe don't take this position as if you have it figured out and everybody else uh, has not.
0: Yeah. Hey folks, we hope this has been helpful. Um, it is, uh, it is uh, a lot to think about, and it's a, it's kind of a, maybe a different topic in a day and age when it's it's so in vogue to uh, throw shade on just the mere fact that denominations exist. We actually think that uh, that that they are um, they are one of the ways that we do church because That's churches right. are connected to one another, and and and. and and there's a like-mindedness among churches. And so we hope this has been helpful. If you have any questions, we ask that you would uh, reach out to us, contact at assuranceofpardon.com or uh, visit us on Facebook or all of the socials. Also uh, 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 rate us, uh, give us a five-star rating on iTunes. That helps a whole lot and share this podcast with a friend. And until next time, this is Assurance of Pardon. God bless.